neither the time nor the space a podcast about doctor who my name is david and as always i am joined by the otherworldly matt hello there so matt still on the torchwood yeah forgot to mention that we're a po- podcast about torchwood as well now yeah but uh, i'm yeah. sure the listeners Big will forgive me it seems that way at the moment. Um, so this week we're talking about Small World. I think is the name of the episode, isn't it? It is, yeah. Yeah. So uh, that's to look forward to or not, as the case may be, listener. Yeah, Make up your own mind. Has there been a significant drop-off in our listenership, Matt, since we started oh, doing Dawn David, Road? half of zero is still zero, isn't it? So. <laughs> that's true. That's true enough. Um but yeah, I I don't know. We'll, we'll talk about it later. Well, sorry. How's your week been, Matt? Oh, it's been lovely. It's been lovely. Yeah. What have you been up to? Um, I took a couple of days off. I went. I went to Manchester over the weekend. Lovely. Um, so I was going to a gig, and I thought I'm just going to go big and have a full weekend away, and it was lovely. Yeah, nice thing to do. Yeah, so I went to go see the Gaslight Anthem, one of my favourite bands. Uh, this is like their reunion tour they split a few years ago. Oh, and that's always a nice feeling, isn't it? Yeah, and it's easily in my top five gigs ever. Certainly in in my probably even the top one for loudest gig ever. Uh, wow. I, I was... I was a deaf little boy the next day after that. <laughs> um, but yeah, and I quite like Manchester. Like We're, we're blessed because we live close to York, which is such a nice yeah. city. It's almost not like a city. And I, yeah, uh, y- y- the centre of York is, uh, you know, there's so much weird historical architecture and stuff like that that th- there are times where you can almost trick yourself into thinking you're wandering around Ankama Pork or something. Yeah, so to go to a big city centre, I don't do it often, but I enjoyed it. I had a lovely walk around the Arndale Centre, went to the National Football Museum, went to Hard Rock Cafe for my lunch. It it was just a nice couple of days, just peaceful to myself. Lovely. But a bit jealous, in all honesty. That sounds great. Uh, Though I'm not sure whether... I doubt doubt the band would be my thing. But uh, um, I, I tell you what wouldn't be your thing is yeah. trying to navigate the country, trying to get home on the day of national railway strikes. Oh yes, not ideal. No, nope. but uh, but still solidarity for, to everyone striking out yeah. there. <laughs> not me. I'm a scab. I had to cross the picket lines. So I was like, I need to get to York, please. To be fair, I um my my brother and I had to travel on one of the strike days when we were going down to London. In our case, it actually just meant that we basically had the train to ourselves. Oh yeah, and on the way home, they gave me a free bottle of water and some biscuits for the inconvenience. Ah, yeah, good stuff. But uh, I don't know what else I've done this week other than that. Um, it'll come to me. Um, yeah, fair enough. What about you? How's your week been? It's largely consisted of work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, uh, been doing a bit. Trying try to. I've been trying to keep up with my reading because I think I mentioned, you know, I blitzed an entire like doorstopper fantasy novel um, whilst I was on um, 
holiday and what generally happens is I get really into reading over holiday because I've got time and then I stop making the time mm. when I get back off holiday. Uh, that's happened to me the last few years. And so I'm trying to keep up the habit and just just squeeze reading in wherever I can. Um, so I've probably been quite antisocial, <laughs> more so than usual, even. Um, but other than that, mostly work. Uh, I did uh, see my mum and my brother and my grandma yesterday. Good, good. Sort of, Are they all well? Of a family day. Yeah, all doing pretty well. My grandma's 90 next month. Oh, wow. Which is... Uh, yeah, so uh, that's uh, not insignificant, but she's doing she's doing all right. Ah, speaking um, of birthdays, today yeah. is the birthday of Britain's tallest podcaster, Rob from the Cloisterbell podcast. Oh, is it? Happy it birthday, is. Rob! I mean, it won't be when this comes out, but we're recording it on his birthday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, retroactive happy birthday. Uh, but I'm yeah, trying to think. What else I've done this week? Not much. I think I've watched the worst film I've ever seen. Oh, what's that? If you want to watch Moonfall, it's one of the worst films I've ever seen. It's another film, oh. David, where the moon is an egg. <laughs> really? Yeah, but it's also a spaceship and it's also an AI. And it just it's about ten that's different disaster films all smashed into yeah. one. Yeah, that's, too, that's too many things for the moon to be in one film. Yeah. Pick one thing. Oh, I tell you, you what, know, I'm 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 fine with the moon being being not a moon, but choose one thing for for the for the not a moon to be. Yeah. Um, we we did get an email this week from Thomas Meehan, who I think is a new kid on the block. Right. Who, oh. Who, who basically uh, said, "Hi guys, wondered if you'd consider bringing back television highlight of the week. If you do, watch this." And then he sent us a big list of things I'm never going to watch. And I'm not bringing back television highlight of the week, David. But right, you should watch She-Hulk. It's bloody good. Yeah, it's on my to-do list. Don't worry. Um, I uh, I'm just kind of torn because uh, I, you know, in my big sort of Marvel catch-up. I ended up skipping Moon Knight to go straight to Ms. Marvel because I was much more interested in Ms. Marvel. I watched the first episode of Moon Knight and I was like, oh, I don't think I can be bothered with this. Mm. And uh, so I skipped to Ms. Marvel. I ended up watching Ms. Marvel with, with my partner. I managed to convince her to watch it with me. And she enjoyed it greatly. Yeah. I, I um, think you'll like She-Hulk. It's a little bit silly, but it's very, very good. Well, you know I like a little bit silly. So uh, yeah, no, I'm I'm very much excited for that. Uh, it's just I'm I'm now torn whether <coughs> do I circle back around and try and catch up with Moon Knight or do I just forget about Moon Knight for now. I'm th I'm leaning towards the latter in all honesty. Yeah, yeah. Oh, um, but I'll tell you what else I did this week. Yeah. And it all, it all depends on how organised we are, David. It might have come out by the time this episode comes out. might come out the week later. But because yeah. our next bonus episode, we're doing the Horns of Naimon. We are indeed, yes. Uh, I was lucky enough to sit down with podcasting's Mr. Nice, Mark, from the All of Time and Space podcast, and just have a oh. bloody good natter. Yeah, what a treat. Yeah. So I'm going to edit that and put that into our little review. 
I'm not going to do that for every bonus episode. If people have suggested a bonus episode and they're like, oh, when's Matt going to ring me? Not happening. All right? <laughs> I was just chatting. I've just made the time Duchess to chat to Mark as a friend. Yeah. And I thought, I'm just going to stick it in. Okay? Fair enough. So, so, don't, so if he, you sat he, by he, the he, phone he... waiting for my call, <laughs> you're going to be there a long time. Fair dues. Um, so, so he he and the Duchess are the only ones who 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 have that particular honour. Yeah, yeah. Um, we'll see. I think that's perfectly reasonable. We'll see. Um, right then. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm trying to think. I, I I I don't think I've got literally anything else to talk to you about that. No. Uh, other than the matter at hand, which. Um, I'm trying to prevaricate around yeah. a little bit, um, but should we do? Should we do? Um, do you want to? Do you want to do uh, one of the regular features? Yeah. Which one do you want to yeah. start with? What did we start with last week? Uh, we started with "Have I Got Who's for You" last week. Then let us letters, Matt. Oh, David, I, I, I hate to interrupt you because he did say "let us letters," which is the correct way to start. But it, yeah. it's a big episode of Letters, Letters this week. Oh, okay. Okay, so if you if people are listening for the first time, Letters, Letters is where we go through the letters segment of Doctor Who magazine. Uh, this yes. week, it's the final time we'll be looking at August's edition. I mm -hmm. have bought September's in anticipation. But, David, you might not know this because yeah. you don't listen to the edited version of our show. I do but not. After I made the joke of, oh, I'm going to make a little jingle, and I made a Simon and Garfunkel jingle, yeah. uh, our pod yesterday was mentioned on the radio. Really? Yeah, because one of our listeners put on Twitter, oh, I'm hosting a radio show tonight, and put all the details. And I sent them a message just going, oh, can you play America by Simon and Garfunkel? And, like... You know, dedicate it to the neither the time nor the space podcast. And David, they did. <laughs> That's amazing. And actually, I managed to get hold of the audio, which I'm going to edit into this episode now. That was America by Simon and Garfunkel. Yeah. Now, I, I do I say the thing? Yeah. Is that okay? Yeah. yeah. So, um. You, at the beginning of the last song, just before that song, you said about Doctor Who, and then I said, speaking of Doctor Who, a Doctor Who, uh, and then a podcast, and I didn't mention the fact there was a Doctor Who podcast. Uh, should we say the name? Yeah, the podcast is called Neither the Time Nor the Space. It's very good. That's a, I enjoy that's a good it. Name for a they told me to suggest it as um, Two Stinky Boys. <laughs> 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 So there you go, David. Well, so I'm actually going to have to listen to the edit this week, aren't yeah, I? Yeah, well, this is where it gets good. Because I yeah. think, now that we've been mentioned on Halton Community Radio 92.3 FM, I think I'm going yeah. to induct James Swifty Swift into the Marty McLean Hall of Fame. I think it's the absolute least you could do. Yeah. So, before we get to Letters, Letters, James, welcome to the team. You're one of us now. So, yeah, 
James Swifty Swift shouted us out on the radio. Amazing. Good stuff. Right. Now, that, that is the highlight of Letters Letters this week, because uh, now that we've... Uh, we, what, how can I say it? Stolen Simon and Garfunkel's music and use it as our jingle? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, this week, David, I got in contact with Simon and Garfunkel. <laughs> okay. And they've sent us a very special live version of the Let Us Let Us theme song. Oh, I'm excited for this. Right. So, David, <sighs> it is finally yes. time for you to say Let Us Let Us. Matt. Let us, let us. Letters. Now, I can't give you an option this week, David, because we're up to the final topic. We are. From Letters, Letters, which is 60 NPH, which is all about Neil Patrick Harris joining the cast of Doctor Who for its 60th anniversary. Boy, oh boy, this is a topical discussion. <laughs> I mean, this has been public knowledge for, what, two months at this yeah. point? Yeah, we've got our <laughs> finger on the pulse, don't worry about and it. And of course, and of course, this will this will go out basically a week after it's been recorded as well. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. But anyway, go on, hit me with some opinions, Matt. Right, well, the first one comes from Joe Alton via email. Hello to you, Joe. Yeah. Big fan of the show. I know you would always listen. Uh, yeah. Who says, another inspired piece of casting by RTD. Neil Patrick Harris is one of the all-time favourite actors, and I'm sure he's going to bring such a great energy to whatever character he's playing. Whoever it is, I can't wait. Yeah. Fair enough. I mean, I don't know that I go as far as to say, you know, one of the all-time greats. No, he's up there with, like, but... De Niro and Poitier. Yeah, Lawrence <laughs> Olivier. Yeah. Right. Uh, oh, next dear. up is a message from David Maskell, who says, How exciting to see Neil Patrick Harris join the cast of The Sixtieth. Surely he's the biggest name since John Hurt to guest. Tennant, Tate, Yasmin Finney, and now Neil Patrick Harris... Bring on the 60th. Yeah. Poor old... Poor old Whittaker mm. in the centenary special, eh? Yeah. It's just getting absolutely eclipsed. Should we do one more letter? Yeah. Yeah, we're all right then. Okay. Uh, this one... I hope it's from... a dissenting voice. It's from what, sorry? A dissenting voice is what I'm hoping for. Uh. I don't think it is. This one's from Renee Campbell, who says, okay. Neil Patrick Harris. Neil is a high-caliber A-list name who is globally known. How I Met Your Mother, American Horror Story, The Smurfs, and It's a Sin are just <laughs> a few of his massive achievements in the industry. And now he gets to add Doctor Who. I, love the, I love the name-checking of The Smurfs there. Yeah, I think he won an Oscar for that. Um, roll on 2023 and in the meantime we have the centenary special to look forward to this October oh nice that they mentioned the centenary special yeah 
Like, I'm really excited about this thing, but I guess this is happening first, so I'll, I'll, I'll mention it. Um, should should oh, we dear. add this letter here from Matt in North Yorkshire that says, yeah. um, I don't like Neil Patrick Harris as an actor or a person. I don't like How I Met Your Mother. In fairness, I haven't seen the Smurfs, but I think this is a lot of fuss all over nothing. So there we go. Fair enough. Yeah, I'll be honest, I'm not a fan of How I Met Your Mother either. Um, I think for me, Neil Patrick Harris is one of those people who I'm like... From what I've seen of them, uh, you know, no doubt good at what he does, and uh, but you know, can I can basically take or leave him. I'm not, I'm not, f you know, uh, frothing with excitement. Does at, anybody at like being Neil Doctor Patrick Who. Harris as much as Neil Patrick Harris? Probably not. No. But to be fair, I think that could be said about a lot of people, Matt. Uh, well, nobody likes you as much as me. Maybe, <laughs> maybe little Zorbs likes you a little bit more. Yeah, I would hope so. How's his behaviour been this week? <laughs> He's been all right. He's been making robots. Okay. Not evil like Skynet robots. No, no. Um, he he's been giving them very poetic names recently. Like the one he he made the other day, uh, he entitled "Blizzard Lost in the Sky." Oh wow! Yeah, it's a real thinker, that isn't it? It's like a haiku. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah. Other than that, it's been all right. He's not called me a stinky boy again. Good. So good. That's all right. Um. But yeah, I, I don't know. With Neil Patrick Harrising, I'm like, I'm basically of the opinion that the the RTD and the casting people involved probably know what they're doing. He's one of those actors that like you don't cast him unless you've got something suitable in mind. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's like you know a bit like. Uh, I don't know, I guess like Brian Blessed. Not that they are similar actors at all, but they are they're like they're personality actors, if you like. Yeah. You don't get Brian Blessed in to play a, a, a non Brian Blessed type role. And I think the same's true of Neil Patrick Harris to an extent. You know, it's going to be something that's kind of a bit campy and over the top and stuff. And and let's be honest, RTD's work is often quite entertaining when he when he goes in a sort of campy and OTT direction. So, yeah, I think, and especially for a 60th anniversary where you want want it to be a bit of an ease up anyway. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's all a good fit. So I'm not worried on that level, but I'm not like... I'm not jubilant at the prospect just because it's Neil Patrick Harris, you know. I'm not. I'm not. You know, it's not like I'm like. Oh, you know what? I I need to crack on and watch the Smurfs because I've just discovered that Neil Patrick Harris was in it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's a game changer for me. I'm just going to add that um, to like our Christmas bonus episode. <laughs> Let's watch the Please Smurfs. don't make me watch the Smurfs. Yeah. But yeah, that's Letters, uh, Letters. And with that, we retire the August 2022 edition of Doctor Who magazine. Before we do, Matt, can, can, I, can I add one, one special uh, addendum to, to this, um, uh, this, if it's going to be a regular feature? Yeah. Can you tell me, 
uh, apart from the letters, what was your favourite part of the magazine this month? Um, any I, any features stand out for you? I did actually have a quick look through it. Um, a lot of it was about the films, wasn't it? Um, yes, did, yeah, a lot of it was focused on the re-release of the films. I did read the interview with Sega Nakanola. I thought that was quite good. Yeah. Uh, you know, quite interesting. Um, yeah. I didn't read that bit about the Cybermen, because they're boring. <laughs> I did not read that part about the Daleks. Um, I did have a little look at that comic bit, but it didn't make any sense, because I haven't seen the other bits. <laughs> um, oh, I did read that bit about the Zygon invasion, Zygon inversion. I thought that was quite good. It was good yep. to, you know, see behind the scenes. Um, mm -hmm. Let me keep flicking through. I did not read any of the reviews of the Big Finish books, because I'll never listen to them. Um, <laughs> I did have a little look at the bit about Doctor Who Redacted, but we're going to talk about that in a little bit. We are. Um, not really interested what books are coming out. I was going to do the crossword, actually, but I haven't done that yet. I thought that could be quite fun. That's another idea for a segment, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Should we just sit together and do the crossword in DWM? Yeah. Um, uh, I'll take up an entire podcast. <laughs> uh, that was it. I just couldn't remember six down, five letters. Who is the ally of Chesen? Yeah, you know what? I'd struggle with that too. Mm, mm, it'll come to me. I always, I, I always find with with the crosswords, like I, n nothing makes me feel like less of a Doctor Who fan than the DWM crossword. I'm just like, who knows this? Like, what sort of clue is this? Sontarans, for example. Uh, I'm guessing that's <laughs> just aliens, but it could be anything. It could be. Yeah. Because earlier on, the ones always get me is when it's production Jones, codes. For example, they, they they usually throw at least a couple of production codes in there, like you know, production code for the web planet. I'm just like, I don't know what the production code of the web planet is. Yeah, you know, well, I, I feel I should know just... that creature eaten by the Krillatane. Now, it'll come to me. Yeah, um, and then. Yeah, I just didn't really read any of that magazine other than the letters, if I'm honest, David. But yeah. if we jump ahead to September's issue, mm -hmm. it's all about Bernard Cribbins. It is. There is a lot of Cribbins content this month. Yeah. I didn't want to, like, jump ahead and just yeah. read it. So I'm probably going to take a look at that. I really wish I had it whilst that train strike was on. Yeah, it would have been handy. Um. And the thing is, like, when, when we started Letters, Letters, and I read the star letter of the month, and I was a bit condescending and a bit sarcastic and a bit rude, I don't think I'm going to do this this time, because I'll probably cry thinking about Cribbins. Mm-hmm. So, all good. Right, shall we do Have I Got Who's For You? Um, I think we probably should. I'll just boot up searchwise.net now.
here we go. So, Matt, there's been some actual, well, sort of news, sort of not news about the Centenary Special. Um, and very similar headlines from Radio Times, The Mirror and The Daily Mail. And then there's another, there's a sad story about Colin Baker, which I don't want to read. Because <laughs> I don't like the thought of, Do- of Colin Baker crying. Oh, dear. Can you at least yeah. tell me the headline? Okay, well, the headline is um, Doctor Who star cries as he's banned from driving for speeding on his way to film BBC dot 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 and then it cuts off. So, well, I don't know, you know, I don't know the the context, but also that seems like uh, that doesn't need to be public knowledge. No, no. So, you know. Happens to the best of us. I've been done twice for speeding, so. Yeah. You know, I've learnt my lesson, and then I learnt it again, and then I moved on. A <laughs> couple just... of years later, learnt it one more time. Yeah. you just got to wait those four years where you don't have to pay yeah. a fine. Yeah. Um, all righty then. So, the... The uh, the Radio Times uh, headline is Doctor Centenary Special to pay tribute to past doctors. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's in quotes, so who knows say, who's saying that and what the context for it is. Hello, my love. How can I help you? I'm going to move the grass trimmer to shut the window. Yeah, I suppose. Just so you can't got more noise. Yeah. I don't know whether it'll get picked up or not, but that's very thoughtful of you. Thank you. Well, I can hear you outside, yeah. so I figured you'd be able to hear me outside. Most likely. Got anything you want to say to uh, the assembled Doctor Who fans out there? Nerds! <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where Little Zorbs gets it from. No, no, me neither. <laughs> like, <laughs> are you all right, David? Do you ever need a respite? You can come round my house if you want. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all righty, so... Um, the only other thing that's jumping out as me as a potential thing you might be interested in um, is Doctor Who star Jenna Coleman addresses potential return. Oh, get her back. Get her back. Comic book. Yeah, so... Uh, just for all you, those you... weirdos that hate Clara, just get her back. Just oh, out. God. It would, it would... There would be, like, I don't know, a sort of 5% of the Doctor Who fandom that might genuinely detonate with rage at the prospect of Clara returning. Yeah. Which would be, uh, I don't know, fascinating. But, um, so w- w- which are we clicking on, Matt? It's, it's, it's crunch time. Do you, want, do you want Radio Times centenary special information or do you want Jenna Coleman sort of saying, nobody's asked me yet, but I'd probably consider it if they did. Uh, let's go Radio Times, since you've basically outlined the Jenna Coleman story. It's what everybody always says. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And half the time it means that they have been asked and they have already filmed their scenes, but they're not allowed to say because they, they've they signed an NDC. Yeah. That's it. Like, for episode yeah. 200, David, which is coming up in a few weeks, I can't yeah. confirm... Nobody's called, okay? So I mean, we hope you're going to make an appearance. Yeah, I'm sure the fandom's clamouring for it, but at the moment, I've got several projects I'm working on, so... So, you know, we, we'll just have to wait and see, listeners. 
Uh, all right then, Doctor Who centenary special to pay tribute in inverted commas to past doctors. Next year may be Doctor Who's 60th anniversary, but it seems that fans will be getting an early celebration of the long-running sci-fi show, show's past in this year's upcoming centenary special. The Mirror has reported that Jodie Whittaker's swan song episode will see her wearing, quote, many items worn in the TARDIS over the past six decades, including the Second Doctor's check trousers, the Fourth Doctor's scarf, Fifth Doctor's celery, the Seventh Doctor's question mark jumper, and the Tenth Doctor's tie. So going to be a busy costume, isn't it? <laughs> Source reportedly told the Mirror that getting Jodie and some others to wear some of the best-loved items of the Doctor's wardrobes over the decade seemed like a fitting and perfect way to mark the BBC's 100-year anniversary. The BBC declined to comment when approached by RadioTimes.com. The Mirror has also reported that the special will feature, um, quote, a host of cameo appearances by former friends and companions to go alongside the already announced Janet Fielding and Sophie Aldred reprising the roles as Tegan and Ace, respectively. This will reportedly play out in the form of... I'm not going to read that bit because that's getting into the realm of something a bit too spoilery for me, I think, for us to read out uh -huh. on the pod. Um, the centenary special will not only act as the end of Whitaker and showrunner Chris Chibnall's era of the show, but will also form part of the BBC's own celebration marking 100 years of the broadcasting service. So, I mean, unconfirmed by the BBC. Sounds a bit crap to me. Yeah. <laughs> Not going to lie. Um, I, I think it, a lot will depend on the execution if they're really going down that route. Yeah, that just sounded like a slow news day, didn't it? Yeah. And any... Um, modicum of gossip and they've gone for it yeah i do think there's probably some truth to the idea that there are additional companions featured that have not been announced in the trailer mm -hmm. i would love it if they're keeping susan under their proverbial hats yeah i, I mean we discussed spoilers recently didn't we it'd just be nice if there was one big positive surprise that nobody sees coming yeah and and above all else i really really hope that it is not just a celebration of doctor who because we've got next year for that as well but i want it to specifically feel like a celebration of the chibnall era mm -hmm. which uh, you know i'm i i am still broadly a defender of like I've said before, you know, I, I'm always really open to, to criticising things if they don't work for me. And I and I did do that on many occasions as we were watching through the Chibnall era for this podcast. But at the end of the day, I think I've probably enjoyed more of it than I've disliked it. Yeah. And, and if nothing else, I think you can say hand on heart, you look at the Whitaker era and it absolutely means well yeah it's perhaps the most well-intentioned era of the show even if it doesn't always i think um, in the achieve future, those intentions people will look back fondly at it because it was trying new stuff and maybe yes. not all of it landed okay but, but a you, good chunk of it did but the thing is yeah you you're setting stuff up and expecting it to work out within five, six episodes. This is going to be long-form storytelling yeah. that, you know, 
I know it's a phrase you don't like, but if it sticks the landing, we'll all be better for it, won't we? Oh, I think so. I think so. Uh, that's what I. That's what I hope for. I hope for something that feels emotionally satisfying and puts a really nice full stop on this particular era. Mm-hmm. What I don't want is for it to just be a complete dog's breakfast. Yeah. <laughs> and, I, and 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 the amount of elements that have been teased. Things that I, you know, villains that I know are going to be making an appearance, and number of return, returning companions, and all the rest of it just makes me feel a little bit like, oh, they're going to be trying to cram too much in here. Mm-hmm. But you know, time will tell. Time will tell. Not too long to wait at this point. No, is it November? Did yeah. Um, I think it'll be sort of October or November. I, I, I think it might be more in the region of, of sort of like mid-October or something. We don't have a, a specific date yet. So. Uh, it could be on my birthday. Oh, wouldn't that be something? If it gets announced, we'll do a big special episode where we do that, celebrate my birthday, and launch this year's Wheelie Big Quiz. <laughs> Man, that would be a monster of an episode. Yeah. Oh, all right, then. Um, I think that's, um, that's all the fun and games out of the way. Shall we discuss... Small Worlds, well, the episode of Torchwood. Just before we do, David, uh, yeah. I was about to load up listener tweets, mm-hmm. and I forgot, which almost certainly means you forgot, that last yep. week we launched a poll on how we should review Doctor Who Redacted. Oh, yes, we did, yes. And I set um, it for one week, and I think it's got something like half an hour remaining, because we must be recording a oh. little bit earlier this week. I think we are. So by the end of this episode, we will reveal the results of that. Yeah, poll, let me just see saying. how long it's got left. Uh, I don't know exactly how to do that, but we'll do it at the end. And okay, we can go for that. Right. I guess that means you want listener tweets, then, do you? Yes, please. Right. Let me find them. I've got quite a few this week. Quite a few. Uh, not related to this episode, but uh, last week we got a nice message from Hooniverse Draws uh, just thanking us for the episode, saying good work. Ah, oh, that's very nice of them. That was nice. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Right, so let me just find where am I looking at. Okay, so... This week, obviously, we are looking at small worlds. So here's what some of our listeners had to think, David. Uh, first up, we've got James Courtney. Say hello, David. Hello, James. Who says, strange, very different tonally from the previous four episodes. Mm, definitely is. Uh, then we have a message from Frank. You've sent us a joke, but I didn't find it funny, so I'm not reading that, David. We'll move on. Okay. Uh, so th- I'd say harsh but fair, but I haven't read the joke, so I don't know. No, we, we're not auditioning for another co-host. We don't need people just sending us jokes. <laughs> I asked for thoughts on this episode. People just need to learn to listen a bit more, David. That's fair. Okay. Right. Uh, so the next message then comes from BT Flibbity Gigant. Say hello, David. Hello. I've said the wrong thing. Greetings, curator. <laughs> okay. Now, BT says, PJ Hammond, 
really saw fear hurt and said, hurt, I could totally do this better. All it needs is the inherent spookiness of British folklore and the most depressing, powerless ending possible. Uh, and then they send a little joke about sapphire and steel, but I don't like that, so I'm not reading it. Let's keep going. Well, you you know you know why um, the curator's referencing sapphire and steel there? Yeah, because you love it. But PJ Hammond is the creator and uh, writer of uh, sapphire and steel. Well, good for him. So, um, yeah, the, the, it, w w we will probably have to address that in a little more detail in our review. Oh. But, but uh, there's oh, definitely no. some common DNA. We don't have to. I think, I think it's going to come up, Matt. All I don't right. think you can stop it. Oh, that sounds like a challenge. Right. <laughs> <laughs> the next message, then, comes from the Who Can Convince You pod. Would you like to say hello, David? Hello, who can convince you, pod? Who says, good God, I actually tried to watch this to be in the cool gang. So that's the people that keep up to date with our pod. Yeah. But I'm okay, it's not great. So anyway, what yeah. does everyone think of rechargeable batteries? I've got loads of them, but my charger doesn't tell me when they're fully charged. What do you think of that? <laughs> I do find them a bit of a pain, rechargeables. I want, I want to... Uh, in my ideal world, I'm using rechargeables for everything, but I, I've never lived in that reality. No. Also, to be clear, Harry, um, you, keeping up with the pod and having to watch Torchwood every week, that doesn't make you part of the cool gang. What we are doing is, is not cool. Right. I, I, I'm going to mention this, David. I wasn't going to. Yeah. Because it, it's nobody business, nobody's business but my own. But um, right. in, in recent weeks... I've began seeing somebody, okay? And we were sat watching telly the other day and uh -huh. my phone buzzed and it was a message from you that said, uh -huh. are we okay to record on Sunday? And uh -huh. my, I don't know, the, the girl I'm seeing saw that and she yes. went, oh, are you recording? Record? Are you recording? <laughs> are you a musician? Do you play an instrument? <laughs> and, I had to, and I had to go, no, I, I, I do a Doc, Doctor Who podcast. And she's like, oh, that's really interesting. You must really like Doctor Who. And I, I was like, no, I don't, don't, don't really, I don't. And she was like, all right. And then after like a, a strained pause, she kind of just went, what, what, why do you do it then? <laughs> and I, I was just like, oh. I don't know. Should we, should we watch Moonfall? And that's the, that's the story of how I watched the worst film I've ever seen. <laughs> Just to break that tension. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's brilliant. So yeah, little phone buzzed across the table. She was like, "Oh, it's a message from I think your friend David." And I was like, "All oh, right, right. What what does it say?" I think I was making the tea at the time. And, and she just went, "Oh, are you recording this weekend?" And I was like. Oh my God! No, no. <laughs> I mean, I don't know why you're surprised. When, when was the last time I messaged you about anything else? Ah, uh, that is true. That is true. Right. Um, uh, right. Let's move. On. I, I mean, would would for context, Matt, would it be better, better or worse if it had been one of my other standard messages, which is, "Are you coming to D and D this month?" Um. Yeah, because I could have lied and said D&D &D was something else. It's like drag racing and donuts. 
and you know. <laughs> right. Okay. Uh, then we get a reply to that message from Sonia. Say hello, David. Uh, we we you see I I always want to to remember to to refer to Sonia uh, by her official title, but we haven't haven't got a snappy thing like greetings curator for her yet. Um, uh, what's what do you say to a duchess? How now, brown cow? <laughs> I mean, not not to call Sonia a brown cow. It was just the first <laughs> thing that came in my head. <laughs> Uh, I don't know, say salutations. Okay, salutations, Duchess. Okay. So, we'll, we'll, work, we'll keep working on that one. Yeah. We're not there yet. Uh, she, she largely just offers her opinion on rechargeable batteries, so I think we'll move on. Okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, then we've got a message from the Cloyster Bell podcast from Rob, the birthday boy, the big birthday boy. <laughs> Uh, and what does Rob have to say for himself? Uh, he says, not bad, actually, and not a general alien of the weak threat, which was a refreshing take. The flashback of Jack seemingly immortal and being pre-1941 had us all scratching our heads, I remember. And Jack's tough mm. choice at the end is very comparable to a later Torchwood story. Ooh, one to look forward to. Okay. Potentially, yeah. Okay, next up we have Ariel, who says, I like the ones that explore characters more, and I appreciated the deeper dive into Jack's character, character sorry, and thought the plot was okay. I don't remember all the details, though, as it's been a while, so it's obviously not extremely memorable. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It's... It... Okay, yeah. We'll, we'll just we got anyone David, else because that was a really yeah. laboured sort of yeah you gave then so well no it's just because it's like I don't because I could very easily just launch into all my thoughts right now but I kind of want to save it for when, for, for when it's in context a bit more but um, if that's all of our tweets then I guess it only we've got two more twice. tweets David oh then let's hear the tweets Matt I always save the Martin McLean Hall of Famer tweets till the end. Alrighty. We've got two now that James Swift's there. Ooh. Right. James Swift, Mighty McLean Hall of Famer, says, I really like this episode. I think it's a pretty strong episode and we get to see what immortality looks like as for Jack. Although, again, mm -hmm. it used to give me nightmares as a kid. I worry about James. Every week he's just like, oh, I was scared of this when I was a kid. Yeah, because he was watching it when he was a child. It's not a children's television program. Right. Final tweet of the week, David, yes. is from Sonia again. But this is her thoughts on the episode. Okay, she I, said, I guess sal salutations, Duchess, do I, or do, I, do we just you know refer to previous statement? Yeah, well, yeah. You, you only get one salutations a week because it's only meant to be yeah. one tweet a week. But Sonia just insists mm. on tweeting all the time. Yeah. She says, right, see this was watchable. I like that they show how Jack's immortality affects him. Was not a fan of the mum just letting her fiancé be a dick about her kid and Jack's decision about letting the girl go. The mum loses her fiancé and kid in one day and Jack's like, nothing I can do about that. Not cool. Yeah. Everybody's awful in this. Mm. You know, that's... But I think that's just a running theme of Torchwood. Yeah. Everybody's awful. Um, 
But yeah, all right then, Matt. So um, it seems like people are broadly more up on this than previous weeks, but still the praise is fairly faint, it seems. Mm. Where do you stand on this episode? I don't know, like... If I had to... I don't know if I'd say good episodes, some bad bits, maybe. But, like... It, it was good, and I it, I didn't, you know, normally when I watch these, it takes me all day because I watch it in chunks because mm. I can't be bothered. But I, I couldn't put my finger on, like, one outstanding moment, nor one moment where I was like, oh, I hate this. Like, it was just think, meh. Yeah, I think the thing is, it's the first episode that feels competent from start to finish. Yeah. Like, competently made television. Like, they, if it was this, but with maybe one of the other plots, like, I think some mm. of the more poorly made episodes perhaps had better plots. And yeah. I don't think they've quite married the two yet. No. We've we, we certainly yet... <sighs> okay, let, let me put it this way. We've yet to watch an episode of Torchwood that I would willingly watch again. Yeah. Absolutely, and and I'm still not there with this one, um, and I, like when we watched Doctor Who, yeah, like I think when we watched the entire first episode, the, the entire first series, I was like, yeah, oh, this is okay, and it took me to the second series to watch a story that I really bought into. I have not yeah. reached that point with Torchwood yet. No. No, I'm, I'm hopeful that we'll get one before the end of the series, but honestly, we might not. Yeah. You know. Like, I, so. If, if I was watching this on broadcast, I, I don't think I would feel any commitment to tuning in every week. I, I would like no. it too when Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. came out, and I was like, oh, yes, a Marvel TV show, I've got to watch that. And I watched the first episode and was like, right, I'm not watching that anymore. <laughs> like, I just don't feel compelled to watch this. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it might it might be an apt comparison because everyone raves about how good it gets at a later point. And people say the same thing about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Basically, it, that first series of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is basically them spinning their wheels for the majority of the season until uh, Winter Soldier comes out and they can do the big twist. Mm. And from that point on, for, 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 for a good chunk of that show's run, it actually becomes quite compelling and well-made and, and, and decent, I think. But it's a slog to get to that point. And, and we're, we're at that stage with Torchwood, it seems. We're just we're right in the middle of the slog. And I do think this is probably... probably the best episode we've watched so far. Maybe. But, but I, what I do want to say is... I have a personal particular bugbear with it, which is really making me struggle to actually enjoy it. Um, and I think we'll probably just get onto it now Go so on. I can just kind of get it out of the way. I do not like the lack of any attempt of a scientific explanation for the creatures in this story. Mm. They just go, our, our machines don't know what they are, so... Yeah, what do you want and, me to do and, about 
it, 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 it basically seems to be implying that there is some kind of spirit realm within the world of Doctor Who. And that doesn't fit with my interpretation of that admittedly broad and contradictory canonical universe. But to me, it's like you've never seen Canine and Company. Christ. But it, it just, it's a bridge too far for me, that. It's like, it's more in the realm of something I'd expect from a Neil Gaiman novel or uh, what, what Ben Aronovich does with his uh, Rivers of London series, which I really enjoy, but that's, it's a different thing. You know, if you're just focusing on doing, like, uh, folk horror and, uh, and, 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 and spirits and fairies and, and um, the unknowable other you know, existing in this liminal space um, pressed against our own reality. That's great. That's fine. That's a perfectly valid form of, uh, I would say, fantasy storytelling. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is essen- that's what we've got here. It's essentially it's urban fantasy rather than science fantasy, which is what I would really classify Doctor Who as. And, and I appreciate that this is the pettiest nerdiest reason to not like uh, a well-told story but it really does hamper my enjoyment and again it's the kind of thing where like I I, I didn't realise I didn't spot the name when I was watching it but when I found out afterwards that it was written by PJ Hammond who the creator of Sapphire and Steel and I was like oh my god yes that makes total sense mm-hmm. it makes total sense that you've got Jack in particular and, and by extension the rest of Torchwood acting in this very cold, aloof manner, almost as though they are, you know, separate from humanity. That's exactly the way Sapphire and Steel operate in that show. And and Sapphire and Steel relishes the lack of explanation. You know, it's all about throwing up questions and not providing any easy answers to any of them as to what you've just witnessed. Mm-hmm. And that's great. That's a really valid thing to do as a storyteller. But I think that to me is different to the Doctor Who approach, which is you come up with some nonsensical techno babble, but at least you come up with the impression that it's like, oh, right, OK, so they were basically robots that went wrong or... Um, Oh, it's it's alien space dust or whatever it is. You know, there is some pseudo rational explanation for what has occurred. Yeah, where there is there is none to be found here. Even the Shakespeare Code, with its witches that are that are basically just witches, but technically they're aliens. I would buy that over what we get here. Which is just a shrug of the shoulders, and I guess we'll never know. Yeah, that that to me is just not good enough <laughs> for yeah. for Torchwood. Um, Especially, imagine you've got to file the police paperwork for a missing girl, and it's just like, mm. oh, what happened? I don't know. Did you say yeah. a fairy took her? Might have been. Yeah, it could have been. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, there were a lot of witnesses in that final scene. We'll maybe address that a little later. But... Yeah. Uh, anyway, um, so basically, since watching the, that, that that episode, my my my, you know, uh, 
metaphorical thumb has been perpetually vacillating between up and down. I cannot decide whether, you know, in the grand scheme of things, I enjoyed this episode or not. Well, let, let me pose it to you differently. Rather okay. than saying this episode is good or bad, mm. do you still want to watch Torchwood having seen it? No. No. <laughs> no. Like, I... I, 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 I cannot be clear enough about this. I am doing this uh, out of, uh, you know, the sense of being a completionist, which is something I, 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 I do... I'm not... I'm not always a completionist about everything, but it is a tendency I lean towards. And doing it for the podcast is a good way of kind of forcing myself to do that, if you like. Mm. Um, so I'm keen to do it on that level. But if we if we cancel the podcast, um, no, I, I would not be picking up with Torchwood, I think. No. Not for a few years. No, like I'm, I'm committed to the project, but yeah, I, I can hand on heart say so far, I am not enjoying this. Like there's, yeah. there were times when we were watching Doctor Who where, if the plot was getting really good, I would be like almost looking forward to it. Yeah. Whereas, uh, I mean, I, I watched this this morning because I've had all week, but I didn't want to spoil my week off by watching Torchwood. Do you think? We're being hampered as well by the complete lack of any kind of story arc. A bit, yeah. It is a bit week to week at the moment, isn't it? It's extremely week to week. We're not really getting much of even a character story arc. I mean, we've got the sort of arc of, oh, Gwen's the new kid on the block and she's having to learn the ropes she's and she's barely in this episode. balance her home life. But but yeah, she's like. I, I've yet to be given any, any reason to care about any of the people in this show. Who, and to me, that is a bigger problem. <sighs> I think, weirdly, probably Owen. Yeah, sex pest. Because, because <laughs> e even though he is clearly the most immoral and awful human being out of the bunch... I don't know. Jack's a very close second at the moment. <laughs> but um, Despite that, one, Burn Gorman plays him really well. And two, there is a bit of an enigma about the man. Like, this this episode, he's just spouted off local Roman history. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's just... Like, how... What, who is this guy? Mm. Why does he know this stuff? I thought he was, like, a science guy initially wasn't he yeah wasn't he meant to be like the techie one yeah but i think they've kind of put that upon is it tosh 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 yeah yeah tosh is certainly the one the one in front of the computer screens a lot of the time yeah it's almost as if in the pilot yeah. they put too many characters in and now they don't know what to do with them all <laughs> yeah but like there's no there's no discernible big bad there's no real character arcs um, so yeah, I'm just left kind of flailing and not really knowing why I should care. What What did this get? Four series? Four series, yeah. Bloody hell. To be fair, the structure, I do know the structure of series three and four are very different to those of one and two. 
Well, should we just review it? Should we get it out the way? I think I think the time has come. Yes. Right. Yeah. So this is Small Worlds episode five of season one. Are, yeah. we, are we even halfway through the season yet? Nowhere close. Okay. Um, shall, I, shall, I t- shall I tell you how many episodes there are in series one of Torchwood? Oh, please do. Yeah, let me just find out. If you say you're not going to be happy, fourteen, I'll be mad. Yeah, you, 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 I, can, I can tell you now, mate. You're not going to be happy. <laughs> um, here we go. One second. Just waiting for my. Oh, you know what? No. I thought it was worse than it is. It is 13. Oh, that's so okay. we're not above 14, but we're only just. Only just. Still, I mean, still fortunately, too much, isn't it? Yeah, fortunately, we've got two episode 200 coming up. That will give us a week's respite. Mm. But, um... Oh, boy. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Right, so this is from the 12th of November 2006, written by Peter J. Hammond, directed by yeah. Alice Troughton. And she did some of the Sarah Jane Adventures as well, didn't she? Yeah, she's a name that's sure. cropped up a few few times before. Yeah. I'm certain every time it comes up, I Google whether she's related to Patrick Troughton, and she's not. And she's not, no. So we open in a forest where there's an old lady who we later learn mm-hmm. is called Estelle. Looking for them, David. Ooh. Capital T, them. Um, so she sees some fairies and takes a photo. Except yeah. these fairies are big, freaky monster men. Yeah. What do you think of their design? It's okay. It's okay. I think... I think by by the by by the climax of the episode, we are really s- pushing the very limit of what you could get away with in terms of CGI on a BBC budget in two thousand and six. Mm. Um, I'll put it that way, <laughs> but I think overall the design works for the concept of the episode. What do you think? Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I I almost think. If if the CGI is not great, less is more. I think it yeah. was ruined later on in the episode where you've got them in broad daylight and interacting yes, with people, yeah. and that's when it started to look a bit hokey. Yeah, yeah. Right, so after the credits, we see Jack is dreaming and is asleep. That's is that, does that not like directly contrast something you um, said two episodes yeah, ago? Yeah, I'm just going to go back to last week where I specifically wrote down that Jack does not sleep. Yeah. Yeah. You know you got to blame for that because that's a, that's the showrunner dropping the ball. So that's that that the blame for that squarely lies at Chibnall's feet. Mm. Yeah. Did you know he's showrunning this, by the way? Yeah. Matt. Yeah. Yeah. I was just trying to find in my notes, but I have made a point of saying last le- last week he specifically said, no, I don't sleep. But here he is. Knocking out 40 nap. winks, yeah. Yeah. Um, and he's having a dream of some soldiers until Ianto appears. Yeah. Right. Then we cut to a primary school. Yeah. Where we see 
a chap called Mark watching a girl. Mm -hmm. Now, I, I'm trying to think how I can say this sensitively, because I don't mean to upset anyone. But we, we've mentioned that Torchwood has a reputation for being dark. Yeah. And I, I feel they, they're confused as to what that means. Like a couple of weeks ago, it was like, let, let's just put a rape in the story. And here yeah. it's just like, let's, let's just make him a paedophile. Like, yeah. uh, I don't know. I, I feel they've just kind of put that in for the sake of it being a bit dark. And, you know, like it, I, it doesn't I, add a yeah. great deal to the story. It, it, I, I mean, I don't know. I do think that the, 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 for better or for worse, the theme of child abuse in various forms is kind of central to this story. I mean, you know, we see later a different form of child abuse mm -hmm. uh, occur. Um, and ultimately, you can handle these themes in the context of science fiction in a way that is sensitive and purposeful and not sensationalist this is not an example of that <laughs> yeah I, I think you've said what i was trying to say far better yeah. than i said there yeah like you know like late later on where they're in the police station and it's just like He's a paedophile. And the, the cast of Torchwood may as well have all gone, Ugh! You know, like... Yeah. It, it's just not responsibly handled, I feel. No, not at all. Not at all. Right. And I, I honestly think part part of the reason is, is so we have a means of basically, you know, not resenting the death of the character... Yeah, yeah. You know, which I, I don't know. This is this is a whole this is a whole thorny issue that maybe uh, is 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 best left uh, unprodded for now. But um, yeah, lazy is what I would call that. Yeah, yeah. It's just a like almost like a cheap trick to immediately establish this guy is bad. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, Mark is watching a girl. Uh, we later find out that that girl is called Jazz. Uh, her yeah. parents have forgotten to pick her up from school. And she begins to walk home stalked by Mark. Uh, she mm. tries to evade him. He stops his car and says, Oh, I'm here to pick you up. Your mum and dad have told me to. Um, but she sort of fends for herself, fights him off a bit. And then some of the fairies attack him. He manages to escape in his car and get away. Yeah. Uh, Gwen and Jack, meanwhile, are attending the talk by Estelle, the lady from earlier. And she shows her pictures that were taken at the start of the episode. Although Gwen is sceptical. You know, she laughs and jokes and says, you know, fairies aren't real. Until yeah. Estelle, the lady, says that she was familiar with Jack's father. Yeah. And I... I think deep down I knew where this plot was going to go. Yeah. But I, if only for half a second I was intrigued. Like, oh, we might get a bit more about 
who Jack is and where he's from. You know, this lady mm-hmm. might not necessarily be who she, she says she is, um, but it turns out it was exactly what we thought it was going to be. But we'll get to that. It was, but in a way where the timelines make no sense. Mm. Well, Which maybe we will get onto at a later date. Yeah. Uh, a later point, but yeah. Uh, so we then cut back to Mark, who is being haunted by the fairies. He's stumbling through like a market. And I've put, he yeah. coughs up blood, but the blood is petals. And that's what we've seen in yes. Jack's dream earlier. So I was watching this part on my phone. Um, and I, I, I was sort of like, uh, you know, I was keeping a fairly close eye, but, you know, my, my, my vision isn't great and, and it was a small screen. So at first I thought he was just like, Sort of like coughing up chunks of meat. Oh, God. I, I thought it was like sort of bits of his internal organs or something. I was like, oh, this is a bit strong, even for Torchwood. Yeah. And uh, then I, I sort of found out afterwards it was just petals. I was like, oh, OK. Yeah, that makes more sense. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, until you realise what it is, it's quite yeah. uh, unpleasant aesthetic isn't it i mean either way it's grim but at least in, in one it's grim and thematically appropriate yeah yeah right um so jazz is shouted at by her parents for walking home alone but she mm-hmm. says don't worry mum no one can hurt me yeah oh the arrogance of youth eh, david <laughs> i remember being <laughs> young and feeling that way uh i mean well little zorbs he, he he genuinely does seem to think he's bulletproof. Yeah. Nothing oh, can hurt him. The thing is that boy. Me. Yeah. <laughs> He'll learn. Yeah. He'll learn. Um, so then, the old lady, Estelle, has a photo of Jack's dad. Oh, they look very similar, don't they? Yeah. And it turns out sure she do. dated Jack's dad during the war. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Gwen begins to question Estelle. And we find out that Jack's dad would be like 90 years old, if that was the case. Uh, Jack works out that the fairies are not alien. This is where we get to what you said earlier. Like, oh, nobody knows what they are. They're part of us. They're just here. Yeah. And it's funny because it's like, I mean, a lot of that speech, if the Doctor was saying it, I'd almost buy it. Mm -hmm. But... I just, I, I, I genuinely, I just needed half a sentence's worth of techno babble. Just a little something, just to, just to bring it over from that realm of pure fantasy and into science fantasy. Just to kind of keep it consistent, because otherwise you're opening the door to, oh, well maybe genuine ghosts are real and one of the things is you know the things we've seen time and time again with Doctor Who is we think it's ghosts but it's not really ghosts it's XYZ mm-hmm. and I actually quite like that um, so yeah I, I by the end of that little speech I was just like no we, we, we've, we've crossed the line here chaps and I'm not happy about it well they even they even say later on don't they when they're trying to explain it and they just go Oh, it's just some of that, like, you know, corner of your eye nonsense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not keen, not keen. Anyway. Right. So, once they've 
determined that they're not aliens. We see Jazz uh, playing in her garden, and as she does, the fairies begin to call to her. Yeah. Um, the Torchwood team discuss fairy sightings, and this is where we find out the machines can't detect them. And Mark has now been taken into police care. Um, yeah. And uh, I, the, the, I, can I say I, as well, the police are, are astonishingly unprofessional throughout in this story. Yeah, like I, I'm. I'll pick my words carefully, but like having been like harassed by fairies, that. There was like a bit of empathy I felt towards Mark because he had yeah. quite a horrible experience. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I, look, I know this is a difficult thing to discuss, and I, I don't know. Maybe we want to cut this out. I don't know, man. But my my perspective on those things is is basically <laughs> this isn't something a lot of people want to hear. But paedophiles are human beings. Yeah. Um. They and they are generally human beings who basically, their brains have malfunctioned in a way, um, and um, it is. Um, I don't think, I don't think treating any human being as though they are a literal monster is helpful. Mm. I think. I think that is a is a, is a slippery slope, um, especially you know you know he is pleading for help. He does say you know yeah. I've I've done bad things. Maybe I'm being punished for this, but yeah, yeah, you know his fear is real. Yeah, but yeah, so so like right from the off, that just like when when he's first sort of apprehended by that police officer, and she just like says you know. Right, you're coming with me, you nutter, or, or whatever. And it's just like, I'm pretty sure in police training, they probably tell you not to speak like that mm. to people you're apprehending. <laughs> it's like, I don't know. I mean, you could imagine it in an episode of The Sweeney, but. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're, we're, we're not in The Sweeney anymore, are we? Right. Um, so, yeah. So. Gwen questions Jack as they begin to investigate some standing stones. I thought you'd like that bit, David. Oh, you know I love a standing stone, Matt. Um, so the fairies then attack Mark as Jazz speaks to them in her bedroom and her mum yeah. comes and interrupts. Uh, Jack visits the police station where we see that Mark suffocated alone in a locked cell. Yeah. Okay, so this is where um, we start so. to get a bit of mystery. Yep, yeah. Um, and and is that when uh, the, the torture gang sort of bustle in and Tosh apparently is able to do a full autopsy with her eyes? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and just look at him and just go, wow, suffocation. No, no markings. He's fully dressed. He could have been stabbed under his shirt. Oh, man. Yeah. No, they really... I don't know. I think a lot of this comes from basically cutting corners. 
Mm. Um, I'm going to make the, I'm going to make the um, the comparison again actually with Rivers of London because I think there is a bit of shared DNA. Uh, not just uh, I mean especially with this episode, but also more generally with Torchwood. And like one of the things that I love about that is. You've got this small skeleton team who deal with this stuff, but they're not experts in everything that they can't possibly be. So, like, they have a particular doctor that they go to for autopsies who by who kind of, like, understands that magic is real in this universe and stuff and is able to kind of see some really strange causes of death and not be, you know, be open to possibilities outside of... Uh, you know the normal realm of human understanding and stuff and and having a character like that for torchwood can you imagine what a difference that would make mm. into sort of making it feel like a legitimate organization not just like just a band of lunatics yeah. just bobbing around cardiff in their giant black suv oh yeah don't forget that's got the torchwood logo printed on it as well <laughs> Just to keep it low yeah. key, big and, gold and letters, big, and big, big flashing lights on the wind windscreen, which have the uh, the dual effect of making sure people can spot them from a from a long distance away, and uh, and provide a constant distraction for the driver. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> In high pressure driving situations. But yeah, don't worry yeah. though, because oh, the man. whole thing's the... black, so it's low key. Yeah. No one will ever notice it. Yeah, because they operate from the shadows, man. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the tortured car is ridiculous. Yeah. Right. Fairies then approach Estelle, who calls Jack. Yeah. Um, whilst Jack's on his way, Estelle steps outside to look for a cat, and it begins to rain. Yeah. Uh, it rains so much that when Torchwood turn up, they find her drowned. Yeah. And again, I don't know if this is because we watch it with a more analytical eye. But I'm certain whenever Torchwood are in the car driving places, they use the same footage of the same bit of motorway. It's possible. There's probably like one stretch that it's easy for them to like do their mm. do their overhead shots on and stuff. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. So this is where it becomes obvious that Estelle knew Jack, not his dad, as yep. Jack tells Gwen how they met. Uh, yeah. We get a flashback. This is where Jack's dream is contextualised. He's in Lahore in 1909. Yeah. He's on a train with, you know, his men in the military. They enter a tunnel, mm -hmm. and when they come out the other end, you know, there's a bit of silence because everyone is dead but him. Okay. So, I do not understand Jack's timeline. Jack is a time agent yeah. um, who travels to, um, who's, who's basically gone rogue. He's had a falling out with a time agency. He's trying to pull a con in uh, Blitz era uh, London. I want to say like 1943, 1944, around then. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Meets the Doctor goes on adventures with the Doctor, is left on Satellite 5 in the far future, uh, somehow gets a Vortex Manipulator, makes his way back to Earth. I guess at that point, maybe he goes really far back? 
goes into the early 20th century and becomes a captain in the army again. Yeah. For real this time. That's the only way that bit makes sense, isn't it? Because I'd always assumed previously that when he got his Vortex Manipulator and went back from Satellite 5, he sort of plonked himself in then-contemporary Cardiff, you know, 2005-ish, and sort of muscles his way into Torchwood. Yeah. Maybe there's like... maybe there's some dialogue in the first episode of Torchwood that I forgot because it was that long ago that I watched it. But That's it, because yeah. obviously his timeline doesn't make a lot of sense because it's non-linear. But as you yeah. say, if he's gone that far back, he probably would have to go through basic military training again. Yeah. Because he couldn't just turn up and go, oh, I'm Jack from the future. Unless, no, uh... unless David, yeah. we know at that point Torchwood was established. So maybe yeah. he went back and joined Torchwood in the past and he... At the point we see this episode, maybe he'd worked for them for like 150 years or something. Right, okay. So so there is a period in which there are essentially um, Captain Jack at two different points in his timeline is, uh, is participating in the Second World War. Yes. Both younger time, younger pre-immortality time agent Jack and post-events of, of uh, uh, Bad Wolf Parting of the Ways Jack are both existing well not not necessarily during the second world war because time agent jack vortex manipulator jack yeah could zap back in time to let's let's say 1900 okay the, the only established thing he knows on earth at that time would be the torchwood agency okay he could join them work for them, which is possibly what he's doing at the point of this story, 1909, right. then once this story is complete, he might vortex manipulate himself right. somewhere okay. else. But then how did he survive? How did he survive? Because he's not immortal. The, all of his men get slaughtered on that train, Yeah. but he survives. Why does he survive? Well, that's not addressed at all, is it? No. <laughs> no. No. Like, in, in terms because of his my, timeline... My assumption, that, that my assumption is... is he survived because he's immortal. Because oh, yeah. my, my assumption is that the, the Jack we're seeing there is post-time agency, post-travels with the Doctor and Rose Jack. Yeah, so that would make sense. He's gone back... Yeah. Survived this. But he's gone back really far. Yeah. Survives this, and then yeah. possibly before the outbreak of World War Two. Maybe yeah. that's when he zaps himself back. No, because after that, right at the end of that story with Martha, he just walks off, doesn't he? I think so, yeah. So, I'm, I'm going to have to get a sheet of paper and draw this out after we've recorded, David. This makes <laughs> not a lick of sense to me. Someone's probably, at the very least, head it, even if there's not an official when, canonical explanation. Uh, after... After he says goodbye to the Doctor and Martha, yeah. is that yeah. the last time we see Captain Jack until Whittaker? Or oh, I'm trying to think. Um, the last time we see him in the RTD era is the, the end of time. He's in a space bar. 
Yeah, he gets and he's set up about with... to hit on Russell Tovey. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Hold on. I, I know we've gone way off topic here. Appears. We have, Russ. Television. <laughs> it's my fault. Right. So that's when he gets to Torchwood. Um, Jack Ops for departing speculates about his... Yeah, so we get the face of Bo reference. Then we get Torchwood. And then yeah. after Torchwood... Yeah, he returned in Fugitive of the Jadoon. So... Yeah. I, I'm going to write it down, David. I'll send you a p picture because I'm going to. I can't do this without visualizing it. But okay. Let Let's move on. Right. So. I think so. Yeah. Right. Uh, it turns out that some of his men drunkenly ran over a child, and they keep going. Oh, right. it was a chosen one. That doesn't get explained, does it? No. No, just, there were no explanations. Just the fairies this. just pick a chosen one. They just, every so often, they choose another child to become one of them? I think that's where it ends up going. But at this point, yeah. that's not explained. They just say, oh, there's a chosen no. one. Yeah. Oh, that's the other thing that really winds me up with this episode, in, and in particular Jack's behaviour. That he knows more about this than he is willing to share with his colleagues in Torchwood. When they are all there explicitly to help him sort this shit out mm. like that is their literal job and he's like oh yeah I've got I've, I've got all this knowledge about them but I'm just not going to tell you any of it yeah even though it might be extremely relevant to the situation yeah I, but the thing is because he's seemingly the boss they can't complain yeah. to anyone about him no they, they, they need to unionise yeah Get in touch with Harriet Jones. Although, is she dead at this point? Um, no, not yet. Yeah, I'd write a letter to her. Yeah. Right. Gwen goes home to a ransacked flat. Turns out the fairies are after her. Uh, mm. Jazzy's stepdad is mean to her when they get in the car. Yeah. He's like, you ain't got any friends. Who are you waving to? And he's just a yeah. bit of a bad egg. Especially because she's bullied when she goes to school but, like, as well. I'm going to be honest cartoonishly so like i mean i'm sure okay yeah i'm sure there are there are horrible stepdads out there that are probably that bad but like i almost can't wrap my head around a, a stepdad speaking to their partner's child that way yeah especially it, it, it why, why doesn't jazz talk to her mum about this i mean yeah who knows who knows? I mean, the, the whole thing. The whole, I, I don't really want to dwell on the on the sort of child abuse aspect of it too much, to be honest, because it's just it's just unpleasant and poorly handled. Yeah. Right. So Torchwood begin to detect odd weather again. Yeah. Uh, it's at Jazz's school. So mm -hmm. whilst Jazz is at school, her stepdad begins fencing up the garden so she can't go down to the bottom of it where she meets the fairies. Yeah. Uh, Torchwood speak to Jazz's teacher as her family have a big party. Um, Jazz sees that the garden's been all fenced up and her stepdad hits her when she gets mad. Yeah. So Jazz just unleashes all hell and sets the fairies on the party. 
Yeah. Uh, but... Yeah, and this yeah we've we've alluded to it already, but like the CGI in this scene, it's like it it doesn't hold up. I don't want to harp on it too much because it's nobody's fault, you know. They were working within the limitations of both budget, time, and technology uh, available to them at the, that time. So you know, they do a decent enough job mm. under the circumstances, but it's yeah, it, it it it's enough that it kind of pulls you out the story. I feel like. Right. So. As the torch was, and also it doesn't. It, 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 I, I, the other thing is, I'm sorry to interrupt, but like, like I say, there are so many people at that party yeah. that just openly witness this nonsense, and we see no evidence of the Torchwood crew attempting to contain that situation. Like, what if somebody had a camera? Yeah. You know, we know they can be photographed. What if someone's there with a digital, like, SLR camera just taking, like, HD-quality photos? What, of a fairy with of his these, arm down? Like, the of fairy monsters. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Right. Um, so, yeah, they, they killed the stepdad. Yeah. And Jazz escapes through the fence as her mum cries over the body. David, it's my favourite point of every episode of Torchwood. It's time to stage a suicide. <laughs> Let's get a body out yeah. the cooler. Let's stage yeah. a suicide. Yeah. Right. Jazz then tells Jack she can see an illusionary forest. Mm-hmm. Um, so Jack begins to part, uh, to barter for Jazz with the fairies, but she says, actually, I want to go. And when we mm-hmm. see that the fairies can, you know, cause all sorts of havoc, they, in the end, Jack decides, I need to give this girl up to save the world. Yeah. Um, and as he does that, Jazz's mum appears just to see her daughter disappear. So, yeah. Yeah. Here's staged suicide number two, I imagine. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Possibly followed by real suicide number three shortly thereafter. Yeah. I mean, because like, that woman's life is in tatters oh, at yeah. that point. She was just having a lovely, like, lovely barbecue, and then like, here we go. There is literally no recovering from that, is there? Oh no, <laughs> no. Um. So yeah, I don't, uh, I don't know. It's and it's just it's done in such a cavalier fashion, and like I don't think we're supposed to think, oh man, Jack, what what a hero, what a good guy. Um. But. I don't know. There's something about the utilitarianism of it that 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 does rub me up the wrong way. And also, the I the, the, I think they're meant you meant to the the blows meant to be softened by the fact of like oh it's fine she wants to go she'll be happier and I little Zorbs will be happier if I say yes to him having that third scoop of ice cream that doesn't mean it's a good idea to give it to him. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. 
Yeah. Oh, I do forever. Yeah. Yeah. So, Torchwood. But despite despite all of this, I still think it's probably the best episode of the series so far. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. Sorry, let's wrap this up. Uh, don't worry, as we're doing this, I'm just writing my Captain Jack timeline. <laughs> um, uh, it doesn't make a lot of sense. It doesn't, does it? Anyway. Right, hold on, because then Captain Jack joins Torchwood. Okay, sorry. Do we do we have a do we have a hard date for when he joins Torchwood? Um, well, it just says on his Wikipedia. Uh, the Doctor leaves Jack behind on Satellite 5 and then it just cuts to Jack returned in 2006 as a character in Torchwood. <sighs> That's not helpful, is it? He's... That's not helpful. Reintroduced as a changed man, reluctantly immortal, having spent years on Earth waiting to reunite with the Doctor. But the Doctor left him in 2005. So, I estimate, David, that... Yeah. Jack's visit to 1909 somehow happened between 2005 and 2006. Yep, makes sense. Okay. But did he have a vortex manipulator at that point? I don't know that he did. He might have. Right. I'd have to double check. Anyway, let's wrap this up. So, the episode ends with Gwen in Torchwood just doing a bit of paperwork, just, you know... Signing off all those staged suicides. Uh, and there's a picture of the fairies that uh, Estelle took earlier. And as we zoom in mm. on the face, one of them, little old Jazz. Now, can I correct you slightly there, Matt? Go on. That wasn't a picture Sorry, of it wasn't, one of Estelle's it? photos. It's one of the Cottingley fairies. Yes, that's right. The, the, the extremely well-known hoax... That is referenced earlier in the episode that you know famously fooled Arthur Conan Doyle. Um, that's it's literally just some photos of some cardboard cutout fairies, and yes, poorly photoshopped onto it. When we zoom right in, it's Jazz's face, which makes absolutely no sense in the context of everything we've established throughout this story. For a start, those photos were taken, you know, a hundred years previously, and you know more than, and and you know, there's no evidence that these these fairies can time travel, is there? Secondly, they don't look like that. Mm. <laughs> yeah, they're big. Like they're like little green goblin men. They don't, they don't look like that. <sighs> anyway. But, yeah. It's just, yeah, it's... I feel like it's, we, it's, we say this every week. Yeah. This is probably the best episode, yeah. but it wasn't good. No, no. We we've we have yet to, to reach an episode of Torchwood where I will just say, hand on heart, I had a good time watching that. I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful we'll get there. But we've not got there yet. Um, so, speaking of which, do you, want, do you want to find out what we're going to be watching next week, Matt? Oh, I'd love nothing more. Next week, we will be discussing an episode entitled... 
Hang on, my phone is frozen. It's not called that. It's called Countryside. But, but Matt, mm -hmm. Countryside is spelt C-I-D-E. Oh. You see what they did there? Oh, I do. Yeah. Mm. So that could be interesting. Or it could be shite. <laughs> What's your money on, listeners? <laughs> Um, I, I mean, I don't want to hedge my bet too too soon. Uh, <laughs> right, before we wrap up, David, here's the results of the poll. Okay. Uh, it hasn't quite expired, but I can't imagine it's got long left to go. Right. So, how do we review Doctor Who Redacted? In third place, 24% of people said we should do it as a bonus episode. Right. 33% of people said I should watch it all in one sitting. Mm -hmm. And 43% have said we should do it as a regular episode. Regular episode, right. May I, okay. may I make a suggestion? Yes. Uh, because we the last one we did was the 8th Doctor, could we segue this in as our, like, Doctor Who classic um, thing at the end of the series? Yeah, once we, once we get, to, get to the end of the series of Torchwood... Yeah, yeah, that might make sense. I might even, I might even just squish it in between a couple of episodes of Torchwood and just just give us a week off Torchwood. Yeah, yeah, I can do that. Just have a little break. Yeah, yeah. because let's be honest, we are struggling with this series. Yeah, well, according, and it might be nice to have. According a to Rod Henderson, he says it deserves the full weight of an episode as it's so brilliant yeah. and well written, performed and directed. Well, there you go. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 yeah, I will be. I'm looking forward to having an excuse to finishing it off. I've heard the first three, and I have enjoyed them. So, um, yeah, I expect we, we won't. We when we do do it, we probably won't go beat for beat, because I think there's what ten episodes, something like that. Yeah. You know, it's a fair chunk of stuff. But I expect what we will do is we'll maybe kind of go episode by episode through the series, mm -hmm. and talk about what our our thoughts and feelings were. As, as the story unfolded. Um, does it sound like a good approach? Yeah. 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 So I'll, I'll try and give people a bit of advance warning. I'm, I'll look at the schedule and see what I want to do with it. But um, uh, either way, before the year is out, listeners, we will, we will do a full episode on uh, Doctor Who Redacted. David, David um, I've solved it. I've, I've been, whilst you've okay. been talking, I've solved the timeline. Yes, right. he had a vortex manipulator after he'd been given his immortality. He travelled back okay. to 1869. His vortex right. manipulator burnt out. That left him stranded. Okay. Okay. Now, if I just go a bit further forward. Now, is that is that official or is that headcanon? This is on TARDIS Wikia. He joined the oh, okay, London right. branch of Torchwood. Uh, hold on. Right. In 1909, he went to Lahore. Yes, it all lines up, David. But then I want oh, to God. see what happened when he got to the the war. Uh, he later fought in World War Two and claimed to have been a prisoner of war. Blah blah blah. During the war, she wanted to spare in the night. Yeah. So there must. We're probably have been getting two... around with spoilery stuff, but there will be two Jacks in the war. There was two Jacks in the war. One was immortal. Yeah. One was just time agent. Oh, I can sleep tonight, finally. <laughs> good oh. All right, then. Well, I, 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 I'm glad we cleared that up. 
Yeah. And uh, yes, as I say, next week, listeners, countryside. So uh, watch that or don't. But either way, do join us next week when we will be discussing it. Uh, until then, as always, thank you ever so much for listening. And until next time, cheerio. Bye now. Thank you for listening to Neither the Time Nor the Space. If you wish to contact us, our email address is timenorspacepod at gmail.com and on Twitter we are at timenorspacepod. And thank you to Alexander Urban for his smashing arrangement of the Doctor Who theme.